I'm happy to go brand new. I just, that was my thinking was like, it, it all, that feels a little bit, um, untenable. I don't know if we're going to do this podcast for 10 or 10 years, but you know, you know, I'm right. sort of thinking a little bit, a little bit ahead and like, do we want to just commit to all new sound clips every year? Sorry. Is that what untenable, is that what untenable means where you can't do you it can't for do 10, 10 years? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the show might be nineable, but I it's untenable. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. I hope you got a new calendar because uh, you better <laughs> go you catch chose. it. Because <laughs> it's, it's 2022. Because it's a new year. And that means you got to go buy a new calendar. And uh, thankfully, you could keep the same old podcast. It's Saturday morning, Tuesdays, still hey, the adult podcast about children's cartoons. I've got a, I've got an upsell scam I want to run by you guys. What if the gym sold calendars? The gym? Okay, now explain right? this. Right? You're, isn't that the most common news resolution is to go to the gym and then they sell a calendar right, at, you know, right when you sign up? <laughs> oh, and do you think, and, and like maybe it has like all the photos are of like the personal trainers at the gym? Oh, that would be so nice if they oh. really if they really hurt you with just like aspirational <laughs> images of what you see, could look like. See, my problem is I keep buying from Marie Calendar. <laughs> uh, her name all it's of, her name. It's all her the name. pot pies. All the pot pies. And you're like, what day what day is it? But this pot Time pie to doesn't not go at all. to the gym. Time to <laughs> not go to the gym. I've uh, never been to one. Is there a Marie Calendars in Seattle at all? No, it's not, not that a real, I know of. It's not a place. I think there oh, are is it, places. Is it not even real? How do we all know about it? Well, Marie Calendar does the like frozen meals in the in the grocery store. Uh, but I think I feel like at one point it must have been a restaurant, right? I've like in heard the 50s? about it as a restaurant. Yeah, but maybe it's I no longer a thing. They sold calendars. That's why we were you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the you... gym, Austin. You're getting so confused. Right. That's the gym. Thank you. Gym calendars. Um, Speaking of good name humor, what's your name? <laughs> My name is Austin Bridges. I'm Rory Voy. I'm Andrew Quahoon Davison. We oh, start I... the year with our full names. Now and I have then to we... turn. I have to turn my. I have to turn my. Uh, my heat towards Andrew. <laughs> you have to flip that little thing. You've got one of those it. counters on the I wall was, that says I it has believed... been zero days since Andrew triple named. Yeah, I thought the triple name was only for official acting shenanigans. Usually. He wants to get docs. We hadn't invited his full name to the podcast at any time. <laughs> uh, but he feels he feels entitled to it. He feels emboldened. Do you want me to go back and bleep my middle name? I would love to hear a <laughs> quahoon over, the, over that middle name. Well, legally, my middle name is now Quahoon, but it's it's I don't know. It's a new season. It's season six. I felt like it was a very, you know, sort of somber, not somber, uh, big, deep, exciting, momentous moment. You can't say momentous moment, Andy. That's the same word with an us on the end. Yeah. You, you feel like you earned you feel like you earned a middle name drop. 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But clearly, I didn't from the tone of your voice. <laughs> yeah. We're 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 a we're a team, and this this should have been cleared before the podcast before we started recording. <laughs> you're you're so right. You're so right. Uh, please, please, uh, sweep past my transgression, Austin, and tell us a little bit. Try try and weave a tale that makes any sort of sense about what content we've decided to, to kick off season six and 2022 with. Well, I'd love to do that. Um, at, although first I have to make a little bit of an admission. So this is we are not actually recording this in 2022. We are, I don't know, imagining ourselves in a beautiful future. Right. But I just wanted (laughs) to say that in case any sort of really huge earth-shaking events happen like in early January that we're just sort of not talking about. Right. Um, And that's because they haven't happened yet in our timeline. What, Insurrection insurrection 2? I mean, you know, (laughs) it happened last year. Last first week of January. (laughs) Was kind of a rough week. Uh, so yeah, it's a good call. It's a good call. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, this time? If an insurrection has tried to happen again, it is very likely that we are not in support of it. Right. Um, probably not. You know, and, it's, and it's you probably likely? will not find really damning footage of us there. Uh, right. I mean, I don't think so. I hope most so. of us. We're both. We're mostly accounted for. Rory, I'm not sure exactly where he is on the map or will be at the at the time, but probably we, will well, be at some on, sort of uh, weird future I think, interaction. I think both on the map and uh, politically, uh, I think I'm the furthest from you guys on the on the percent chance of, of wind it, <laughs> winding uh, up winding up at a at a right wing rally. <laughs> now that's an interesting thing you've accused us both of. Uh, okay, well, have any of you guys left for good because of them, or no? No, not yet. Okay, so no, you're right. <laughs> Guilty by associations. I got it. Um, <laughs> that's sort of you know where we start this year, and we're just as unclear about the theme of the two shows we're watching this week, and perhaps for another couple weeks depending on how enjoyable they are. Yeah. We, uh, we're watching two shows that we kind of just have wanted to watch. And we like how they complement each other. We like the flavor pairing. We like the the wine and cheese combo for sure, these two it's a, shows. Yeah, it's a, it's a sweet and sour sort of deal. It's like, yeah. there's a show we wanted to watch that I think was a little too, not too serious. There's plenty of goofballery to, to comment on, but in, in and of its own right, was difficult to pair with anything else because it's it's very serial. It's very it it takes itself very serial as well. <laughs> um, and we weren't sure if we wanted to sort of put that up with something equally serial or uh, as the as the case may be, uh, the complete opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's rip off the bandaid. We are watching Pirates of Dark Water. That's the and serious one. Saber Rider and the Star Sheriffs. <laughs> that's the nonsense. Yeah, that's, the, that's the best one. That's, that's <laughs> my favorite show now. That's it's up there. And I'd call I'd call Saber Rider in terms of uh excluding our sort of dark horse hits, your uh your exo exo squads and your Sailor Moons, shows we didn't know we were gonna love prior to getting into them. Um as a goofball show. Saber Riders, Saber Riders tickling all the right spots, my guys. 
God, Saber Rider is fascinating. Pirates of Dark Water, we will we will get to at the end of the program. Uh, so hang on to that. And I know several people have specifically mentioned Pirates of Dark Water, and we've listened to you. We listen with our ears open, and we are watching it now. Well, it's one of the excited. first shows to take American audiences seriously and, and give you something. It's it. I wouldn't necessarily call it the 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 precursor to Avatar, but in a way, it kind of is. Right of this American show that mm-hmm. uh, that didn't treat its audience like an idiot, and it's one yeah, of the sure. very first ones. Yeah, and then there's Saber Rider, and then there's Saber and the Star Sheriffs, which didn't treat you like an idiot. Direct, not to. I don't think. I mean, it's, it's Japanese, but um, right. Uh, I thought this one was was a was a wild ride. Yeah, this one was yeah, a roller and... coaster of goofs and uh, goofs and chicanery. I'm really excited <laughs> I, to talk I... about both of them. Same. I, I also I trust that when you clicked on this episode, uh, your your finger will have like lovingly caressed the arc title that we've come up with for this pairing that we have. No, I, I don't think we're going to thread that needle. I think it's probably going to be pretty bad. Sta- ba- <laughs> I'm standing by good boys of Lightland. <laughs> <laughs> we've got so- one vote from Rory for good boys of Lightland. We will see how the chips fall <laughs> in the future. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I think we're surround. We're, we're we're quickly getting surrounded by dark water, and there's no choice but to dive right in. Get a new calendar. You might have, you might have thought we were we were uh, uh, teeing up a Pirates of Darkwater intro, but guess what? No, it's uh, that's for later. That's for <laughs> that's for the back half of the show. Right now we're Saber Rider. Right now we're Saber Riders, and this is Saber Rider episode one, the Star Sheriff Roundup. Um, <laughs> it's a good time. It's a good time to fill your cup because I'm gonna be reading these. I'm gonna be reading this. Uh, this preamble for a hot second so uh, yeah. whatever you gotta do whatever you gotta do uh, just uh, this is the time to do it whether that's uh, downstairs or an upstairs or a cup of water <laughs> Saber Rider narrates the story of how he first met his new teammates Fireball and Colt oh, my best friend I'm sorry Fireball, they're both alcohols <laughs> I my best friend Fireball Fireball whiskey and gold 45. Anyway. Uh, Saber traveled to planet Yuma searching for an outrider named Vanquo. While at a hotel trying to get a room, he meets Fireball. And this uh, this uh, part of the story is a solid third of the episode. Is yeah. Saber Rider trying to get a room at this hotel. Uh, it might even be half the episode. Yep. <laughs> uh, he meets Fireball a race car driver who just won the Yuma Grand Prix. They also meet Colt, a bounty hunter, who is also looking for Vanquo. Colt finds Vanquo first and vaporizes him. I love that in an intro. You gotta love... In a, in a summary, you when somebody gets vaporized, you gotta love it. 
Later in Outpost is intact. Saber, Fireball, and Colt are recruited by April to pilot the Ramrod unit against the Outrider's giant renegade robot. Yeah. Yeah. So we got we got a show that's essentially Galaxy Rangers, but with a Voltron component. <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah. And I did not. So there's a lot of things that surprised me about this show, uh, mm-hmm. chiefly among them, the, the, the hard lean into cowboy nonsense. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I, I did not realize how deep that was going to go. I mean, you can kind of tell from the intro and the fact that it, they're called the star sheriffs, but like, damn. Uh, but I, I just this is this is another one of those. Uh, well, I mean, it was done by World Events Productions, the same company that that localized Voltron. Um, and so it's another another less intense scenario, not unlike the Harmony Gold thing with Rob- with Robotech, where they're just trying to take these Japanese properties over and make them look and sound more like regular American 80s cartoons. Although Saber Rider's a Saber Rider's like a British secret agent. He's got real James <laughs> Bond vibes. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I think I think we lose some sophistication in the process, but there's more fun added, you no, know, cuz like I I'm going to hit you again. This the, you're going to say it loses some sophistication. I I'll I'll, I'll grant you. I didn't watch the Japanese version. Maybe it is. Maybe it is uh, Kurosawa level uh, storytelling, and I'm I'm not here to tell you it can't. It isn't. Uh, this American version has to date my favorite cartoon joke of all time. Are you gonna let us sit with that, or are you gonna hit us with I'm, it? Now? I'm gonna make you sit with it because I think we got to get to it in the episode. Okay. 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 Well, just before we do that, I. I have to also explain the background for the original show that this was based on, because I found this, this is really fascinating. This is going to be this. So I watched the original episode one, the Japanese version of the original show, which was not called Saber Rider and the Star Sheriffs. It was called Star Musketeer Bismarck. And uh, (laughs) the funny thing about this, uh, like, Western adaptation of Star Musketeer Bismarck is that it wasn't a hundred percent a cowboy show. It was the the real theme they were going. It is still like a Western, but the real theme they were going for was musketeer. Was three sure. musketeers? Yeah, and yeah, I get that. this sort of like uh, multicultural, like you know, and three yeah. musketeers is arguably the first Western. Yeah, you could say that, sure. I mean, we haven't done, I've read Three Musketeers with Willie Boyle. I'm I'm just, I'm going to go out on a limb and say neither of you guys are Dumas fans, but. uh, No, no, I never read the original. It's not a card-carrying Dumas fan, no. Um, But the, the, uh, the whole, the biggest change, one, we were deprived of the original name of the Oh, of the the evil planet. The evil, well, the, yeah, so the evil aliens who are known as the Outriders in the show, they are called Deathkeela, uh, which is Dracula with death um, instead of Drac. They come from the planet Deathkeela. Yeah, and they are the Deathkeela. Oh, that's so funny. I thought you meant like Deathkeela, like uh, the, don't they use Killa in the same, like the, the Englishy version of for killer? 
They use Kita, but in this case, they've used Kuda. I I get Uh, it now. Now that Austin's explained it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Like like a super (laughs) Jaguar. Yeah, exactly. So that was the original name of the villain. The interesting thing is that all of the character names, uh, normally when we see these adaptations, we see somebody like with a very Japanese name is changed to like Trevor or something so that, (laughs) you know, American audiences understand who this person is. But all of these characters already in the original Japanese version have names like Richard Lancelot and they changed Richard Lancelot to Saber Rider and they changed Bill Wilcox to Colt. Yeah. And they changed the French woman, Marianne Louvre to, uh, April Eagle? (laughs) I fuck with April Eagle. (laughs) April Eagle's a pretty good name. Very American. Yeah, Yeah, but Uh, all of these characters who are very clearly, like, they have their country's flag, like, on their power suit armor. Totally. You kind of can't, you know, change everything. However, the character Shinji Hikari, who sounds a lot like Shinji Ikari from Yes, it does. Is weird. But they... They don't call him Shinji. I mean, he's got the Japanese, you know, the red dot on his armor. Um, but they call him Fireball. Do you think they were trying to make it seem like the Japanese flag, the red dot, was a it's fireball? Like a fireball? Is a fireball? I mean, without the context, I didn't put two and two together. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Colt from from what is sort of a loose reference to Wow Bill Hillcock, Hickok is yeah uh, right is like maybe I it, it seems like they just kind of went with cool names right yeah it's yeah. Just, it's weird because they already had like, I mean Richard accessible... part, Richard Lancelot is white as fuck I you didn't yeah. need to change but I love that the fact that they named him Saber Rider like yeah yeah mm-hmm. like as a proper given name. <laughs> well, and here's the biggest change is they made Saber Rider Richard Lancelot the main character. He is not the main character of the uh, original show. Is it, it is, is it Shinji. Fireball? It's yeah, yeah it's Fireball. I got, that Shinji. I got that impression as well from the Right. Or, I yeah, he he's given this sort of origin story where Saber Rider is a little bit more of a mysterious mentor type. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that is kind of the biggest change they kind of have to keep running through and essentially cutting large parts of the show that sort of give the Japanese guy too much agency and then yeah. they kind of take it away. It puts him in the, it puts him squarely in the D'Artagnan role. If this is a three musketeers sort of mm-hmm. spot mm-hmm. Uh, where, uh, where the musketeers are these, um, you know, advanced adults uh, who have already <laughs> sort of gone through <laughs> their, adults. they've already got, they're advanced in their, in their skill and their the adults, competence. <laughs> They've got uh, their second puberty. Well, Dar- <laughs> D'Artagnan is really the only person with an arc in that book, in the sense that like right. the other three are these are already heroes. It's three Gandalfs and one Frodo. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, exactly. I, I, it's a fanfic I read one time. That's the, yeah. <laughs> as we as we go, I'll, I'll talk about some of the like where they uh. make some big changes in the episode. But that to me was the most like malicious aspect of this show of like. Making, making Saber Rider the English guy, uh, the actual main character when he's not actually the main character, and they have to go out of their way to like cut and change scenes. My my problem with Saber Rider and the Star Sheriffs is that for a good chunk of it, it's impossible to follow. Well, it starts. It's this show starts with the lowest stakes I've ever seen a cartoon. Uh, Spence, you know, 
spend time on, which is Saber Rider trying to get a hotel room. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In some sort of in some sort of uh, Monte Carlo like like uh, planet. Yeah. Yeah. Which in or the original Montenegro rather. Which uh, in the original episode was just Ganymede uh, in our solar system was a moon of Jupiter was Ganymede. And they've decided that it is now because they wanted to graft as much cowboy shit into the show as possible. Yeah, it's uh, the planet decided, Yuma. It's, it's planet the planet Yuma. Yuma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and these are just like folks from Earth that are like going to Ganymede. Um, and Richard Lancelot or saber rider is literally in in the original is literally like on a mission from the queen like he works for the crown yeah um, and everybody has like more of a purpose because we start with just sort of we meet shinji everybody's kind of on this planet of yuma all similar all by accident and it doesn't really explain why they have matching uniforms that's with like that- <laughs> country flags or like medals. And, you know, that's the part that I couldn't follow. It's so strange. I before we dive in, I, w- I want to I want to play the first line of dialogue that we hear in this cartoon. Oh, good. Uh, it's Rob Paulson's stupid British accent doing. It was not so long ago that we star shows first assembled our special freedom fighting unit. We nicknamed him Ramrod, a peacekeeping vehicle shaped like a huge cowboy. <laughs> yeah, the, the decision to to flashback so that he could he could uh, monologue on top of it and narrate the show was an interesting one. It's it's not very useful, but I suppose if I if I put myself in the mind of a five year old, maybe the show's a little complex. Especially like imagine you're 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 five or six and you're tuning in to this guy uh, spending twelve minutes trying to get a hotel room. Uh, right. it's, it's nice to uh, it's nice to tease the possibility of a robot in the future. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Show us the goods. Allow me to to explain why I was confused in the first chunk of this episode. So he Saber Rider tells us that he's like on a mission to find this outrider named Vanquo. And he knew there were bounty hunters after him. And he alerted April Eagle, whose dad is the commander Charles Eagle. Bad news, daddy. Bad news, daddy. That part is super unclear immediately, like with the the line of dialogue that we're given about how he's related to these people and why we care. And then we just kind of cut and we now see Fireball and he's doing a race and it's like, who's this guy? And then he's getting like buzzed by a flying race, like a flying spaceship. And he's trying to like interrupt the thing or maybe kill him or something. And they like lock eyes or like through their cockpit. And the guy in the spaceship is like, you're not the guy I'm looking for. And I don't know who you are, let alone why I should know who you're looking for. And who's this race car guy? Right. Okay. Like, I can it's explain. fucking nonsense. I, I can explain this from the original version. So they start with the actual threat. They don't start with, with Saber Rider, the British guy. They start with this like command center that are talking about the Death Killer and how dangerous Death Killer is and all the bad <laughs> stuff they do. And then they're like, well, we need candidates for this new for for uh bismarck the you know the big transforming robot uh we need like a pilot we need like a hotshot pilot well i've got an idea dad bismarck Um, is such a better name than ramrod it is i know (laughs) i know ramrod is nothing um and and so they say like oh well it'll be the son of the former like 
the late pilot Ikari. It'll be like Shinji, his son. Um, but he's currently like wanted and he did a bunch of bad stuff. And so he's off world. He like ran away from duty and has a bounty on him and he's mm-hmm. out doing a race car on Mars or no, he's doing the Mars race on Ganymede. Ah, and, okay. And so the, the cowboy who, who flies after him is a bounty hunter after him. He is the guy he's looking for. Okay. It is, it is literally, <laughs> he flies by and is like, Oh, Hey, you you know, it's like, Hey, I'll let you finish the race. But once you do, I, I kind of got that impression as well. I mean, I needed your confirmation. Not, I didn't have that exact reaction, but it seemed a little odd to in, to bump into Colt in those circumstances in English. Yeah. But if he was if he was looking for if he was looking for Fireball, then I'm then that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it, it, it makes right. total sense. But it's it's funny the way that they've had to be like, okay, we've got a new idea for how this story should go in our Saber Rider version. Uh, we're going to need to write the dialogue to say the opposite things it already said in Japanese. Yeah. So yeah. instead of, you're the guy I'm looking for, how about he says, you're not the guy I'm looking for? That won't be confusing <laughs> at all. Right, right. <laughs> and then, so the the hotel stuff is that uh, Richard Lancelot arrives on uh, Ganymede. Yeah, uh, and I I'm, I know, I look, I... I I'm not trying to shut you down about talking about this original version. I just feel like we're going to be confusing the fuck out of anyone listening yes. if we don't just okay. say Saber Rider. Can we okay. just say so Saber Rider? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Saber Rider. So Saber Rider <laughs> al- arrives. Saber Rider arrives on this planet. Uh, Yuma in the in the American version. Yeah, and he he talks to the guy about uh, a hotel, and he says in the original that he already made a reservation. He already made a reservation and therefore right, he's the, British the, royalty, right? Because he's related to the to the crown and he has he's British royalty and he's got connections and he has the the king suite or whatever. The presidential suite is booked under his reservation. And then the the concierge guy is like, I'm sorry, the there's a guy who already has the room because he just won the tournament. He won the race. And mm-hmm. so this guy gets the room because he gets higher priority because he just won. And and then they have a fight. But in Saber Rider, uh, Saber Rider doesn't <laughs> have funny. a reservation. He just wants he just he wants, wants the room. best room, and is he's coming just out really up. hot with Fireball. Like I'm yeah. gonna take this room now, right? <laughs> right. Where is he staying? Way up on the twenty fifth floor. Quite a guy, huh? Hey, Fireball, can I get your Look. picture? He's giving away his wreath. I'm afraid I must take his room. My mission here is urgent. But he's got a reservation. I can't give his room away. Excuse me, can I have my key, please? Of course, Mr. Fireball. Your room is all ready, and congratulations. Hold it right there. I'm afraid I must have this key. Huh? Hey, what's your trip? I'm on a mission of utmost importance. What? That's your problem, bud. I'm afraid it's your problem now. Let go of this key. I was like, no, that's my room. And he's like, mm, I think you'll find that I'm stealing your key. <laughs> it's so it's such a weird thing to do to the main who you've now made the like de facto main character of your show to just <laughs> to come have in. him be yeah. a real jerk, a real yeah. fucking dick. <laughs> yeah. What uh, gives? It's so weird. It's so it's funny. So strange. Yeah. I also want to call out that when he shows up, like. In a, I, this is this is one part that I did catch when I was uh, skimming through the original, 
When he shows up, no one in the crowd knows who the fuck Saber Rider is. But in the English version, everyone knows who Saber Rider is. He's very famous. And he like rides in on his, did we yet mention his robot horse? Like some fucking sex hero of dressage (laughs) Uh off of his spaceship. And he looks over to a random guy and he says, If you would be so kind, please give him a lube job. Oh, and a lump of sugar. The lube Mm. job was an interesting choice. (laughs) Give my Mm. horse a lube job, please. (laughs) And a lump of sugar. (laughs) Give my Mm. horse some sugar, if you know what I mean. I think he calls him Steed in Saber Rider. I don't know if we get a name, but the original, he calls him Donatello, which (laughs) is a great horse name. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. All right. My, this is, this is my favorite part. So, so there's this hotel drama. They both want the same room and they're being petulant about it. And then at this moment uh, is when Colt comes in and I guess like, do we know in the dub in this English version why he comes in and interrupts them? No. Yeah. Well, no. So we don't know why. It doesn't make sense. He's appearing version. with a lot of information that hasn't been translated to him. Right. right. It, of- it, because obviously in the original, he's going because he's now going to arrest his bounty. He's literally going in. He pulls uh, totally. a gun. He's going to grab fireball. Why that makes sense. Then he gets interrupted by the lady that he's currently fucking and her dad. <laughs> And this um, is this is the joke, you guys. This is the joke yes. I've been waiting for the whole episode. <laughs> yes, uh, he's he gets interrupted by the chick he's fucking. <laughs> and, this and, like Southern uh, Belle. <laughs> yeah, and um, oh, I don't even remember how she how she mentions her father. She says well, like they talk about the square dance. Cold? Has anyone seen a cowboy around here? <gasps> what? He found out about the square dance. They did square dance already, and her dad found out. Yeah, uh-huh. he's not. He's not. He's not a fan. He says, "Who? My father. Who else? Father? You didn't tell me you had a father." <laughs> <laughs> and that's the best joke that's ever been written. Oh my god! It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it so much. It's also so great. Like it's the it's the only real like in in the Saber Rider version that we're watching, of course, right? Like it's the only real moment of like it's the only joke strong joke. characterization that we get is this moment mm-hmm. with Colt where we get to see him go from like, you know, badass and like a poncho to like, oh fuck, gotta run away from this girl's yeah. dad. <laughs> he goes from he goes from Clint Eastwood man with no name to like Mr. Bean in like 30 seconds. <laughs> And it's very funny, and I yeah. really like it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, in fact, so the, this father comes in, and he's like, oh, you're taking my girl to a dance? I bet you, how about you dance? And then he says he's going to make him do the Winchester waltz. was just a square dance, honest. You like to dance? Then you can dance the Winchester waltz. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which he just proves even more how much, how many, like, folks, folksy colloquialisms the writers mm-hmm. had just like in the chamber for making a, a show more cowboy than it already was <laughs> yeah because it's only a third cowboy in the original version Colt is the only cowboy character in the original right. anime right and he's definitely a cowboy I mean that's yeah. obvious right he's the American one yeah he's gotta of be a course. cowboy 
And the British one has a saber. And the Japanese one, I guess, drives cars. Uh, yeah. And yeah, like, why not? Okay. Works for me. Um, okay. Moving on. Colt ends up finding a, uh, well, the guy they're looking for, this outrider named Vanquo. And he is a spooky Dracula man. Mm-hmm, which would make sense if he was a death killer, a death killer <laughs> spy Deathkilla. like he is in the original. <laughs> yeah. And he sees him on the phone. He's like talking about some nasty plans or something. And uh, I guess, I guess, it, does he have like rocket boots? And he's like outside of like a, like a high rise apartment like it's the same hotel he's like he's like looking everybody's out in the from hotel, outside yeah. in yeah. yeah it's the sort of like one saloon in town sort of vibe although this town is is depicted as quite huge so it's mm-hmm. a little far-fetched but they're, they're definitely playing on that uh on that trope a little bit totally and he uh he just fucking tumbles through the window and as Rory said in the uh, in the synopsis, he fucking vaporizes this dude. And as he's doing it, he yells, All right, dude, from vapor you came, and to vapor you shall return. Yeah, they do yes. mention that the Deathkulas are made of vapor. That's their sort of like, now, they're this sort of like hard, hard hologram, hard light hologram from Star Trek. Now, they make a very, a very strong point. So the, the guy who's about to become vapor is like, I'll return. And then they have this. It's very sort of uh, poochy, poochy death explanation <laughs> of like, ah, yes, he he went back to his home dimension. That outrider just turned into vapor. Yeah, that's what they're made out of. Nasty, aren't they? You sent him back to his own dimension. <laughs> yes, yes. This is this is an American cleanup job so that nobody. Oh died. yeah. Oh yeah. He's got... straight up because yeah, he straight up dies in the original. He just he's a, he's not even a returning character. He's not even a named character. He's just a right. guy who Colt sees and shoots him. And he's like, I just killed this death killer, death killer guy. And like, great, cool. <laughs> nice job. They nice job. Die. Thanks for killing him. <laughs> I, I, have, I have a fun piece of information to drop on us that's going to be very exciting. Uh, it has fun implications for this particular arc moving forward. Uh, when as a part of turning this Bismarck show into Star, uh, Saber Rider and the Star Sheriffs, not only did they overdub and rewrite the show as it stands and cut stuff and do whatever they needed, they commissioned six new episodes to be animated in America. Wow. And there are six episodes, and episodes two and three are both America-only very obviously different animation style Saber oh, Rider shit. original well, episodes. That'll be super interesting for us. Oh guess. shit! As a, as yeah, a that's cultural super artifact, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and apparently, largely what the goal of these six episodes were was to not only like give us some extra time with these characters the way that they wanted them to be written, but also to show characters like Vanquo or his kind, or whatever they're called, the Outriders in their home dimension. Showing that they did not indeed die, but actually did go to their dimension. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) So I think maybe if we watch episode two next week, we might see Vanquo again, but in a different (laughs) art style. (laughs) That's crazy. That is so crazy. I did not. I it was not what I expected. I did not know that they they would even do that. It seems like way too much effort. But right. 
they did yeah. it. So, so this whole encounter with Vanquo or a random one-off guy who gets murdered, um, triggers like alarm for all three of these characters, all three of our main characters. And they think that they got to go back and like save the, the base, the base is under attack. Now in my head, I'm sort of confusing both versions that I've seen, but essentially the, the process is the same. They all sort of go, go that way. Yeah, um, basically. Cause and well, so when they, yeah. right. So, so when they do that, um, the key difference here is that a girl, April shows up with Bismarck or Ramrod, uh, this, <laughs> the big ship. Yeah, I was gonna say, at this point, it's mostly nonsense in the American version with the, uh, small blip that April explains to them that her cool Ramrod and how everybody uh-huh. should be, be a part right. of it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and Get on the, the ground floor of this Ramrod. The logic that is missing from the U.S. version is that April had been, you know, her character had been looking for Shinji Fireball because he is the sort of destined pilot to do this thing. Right. In the original version, he just sort of stops by and she's like, hey, who are you? Did did the Star Sheriff send you? That's co- good enough. You can drive a car. You can drive this top secret, <laughs> incredible robot. That's you good enough You can dodge a wrench. Me. You can dodge a ball. Exactly. She pulls a dodgeball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And brings him inside, and then the other the other guys just all sort of wander in. Yeah, they just well. follow. You know, there's uh-huh. like, there's like a huge war situation going on. A bunch of outriders are attacking a military base, and they're like, "Hmm, what's over here?" And they all go in, and they meet with April, and uh, and she does the whole like no time to explain thing as she basically just shoves them all into cockpits and is like, "Press the cool ass buttons, baby. It's time to go." And I don't know that I expected Optimus Prime to come out of this thing because Peter mm. Cullen's extremely obvious Optimus Prime voice comes out of Ramrod. Uh, yeah, it does not have a voice normally. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, have, they have added a, a cool voice to and Ramrod. In, in, a, in a way that I feel like perfectly straddles both Autobots roll out and like cowboy nonsense. It's like Ramrod, as it's transforming, yells out, Head em up, move em out. Power stride, and ready to ride. Jesus Christ. Amp it up. <laughs> Check it out. Down it in. in. Amp it up. Amp it out. <laughs> so... The so that is the transformation. Originally, they take off in it in Ramrod as a ship, as a as a spaceship, and right, they fly yeah. around and do some shooting for a little while. And then there's Men in Black, a big a big red button that is the cool button that they're supposed to push. Now, here is the craziest thing to me of this whole like adaptation from Japanese to English, because they have to make Saber Rider the main character. Our fireball Hikari um, main character, real main character, has the button in front of him and he pushes the button. Now, they've added a scene now where Saber Rider also sees the blinking button and then has to tell Shinji (laughs) when to push it. (laughs) Saber Rider, you give the signal. Okay, get ready. Not yet. Hold it now. (laughs) I'm in charge. 
Right, right. They literally have to tell him, no, 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 don't you push it. Now you push it because I'm the main character. I won't be but, pushing it because I'm not the main <laughs> character originally, but it's crazy. It's so crazy. It's so wild to me that they did this. I mean, you know, to, to make people feel like he's the main character. Yeah. But like to even say like, no, 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 you <laughs> silly boy. Don't push it. God. Now push it. <laughs> it's just so. I'm gonna. Fuck. I, I, I'm gonna skip the fight. The fight does nothing. They fight a right. big robot. It's fine. I I will say the animation. It's it's an old Studio Piero production. It's pretty decent. You know. I mean, it has that. It has I that liked, nice. I like the part where he's on his where he's on his horse chopping shit up. Um. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, it's mostly nonsense. They do say a line like, "All right, boys, let's laser rope this renegade dog." <laughs> I I want to talk about my favorite line in the episode, uh, just because it has exciting lore implications. <laughs> is, this, is this about silver mines? Yes, yes. So, <laughs> so April's basically like, "Wow, you guys did a great job. You should all be star sheriffs, like emergency emergency star sheriffs." Like, and you know what's great right? is you already have matching outfits, so we don't have to do that part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they say something about how it usually takes like years to train a star sheriff, but like fuck it. And what she, they're like, oh, we're gonna get a badge. And April says, "Afraid we don't have many badges left since the Outriders took over the Silver Mines." <laughs> what? <laughs> the most useless exposition. <laughs> Fucking what? <laughs> it's so like. <laughs> well, sorry, our show doesn't look like a cowboy show. We're trying to make it into one. But, you know, the original animation, until we can sort of add some sheriff stars to all of your costumes, uh, uh, you know, here's our reason. Fuck. What a show. What I'm most excited for is, and I don't know if we're going to watch everything in order, like we may jump for the third one, but you know I want to watch this American original episode next week. Oh, that's going to be really fun. Yeah, I'm fucking excited. I I have no idea what to expect from that. Will it be awful? Like, is it going to look extremely strange? God, I'm 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 more stoked for that than I've been for a, a lot of things we've watched lately. Like, I'm I'm just like genuinely jazzed. So yeah, I, I am too. I have to know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hear from the sponsor. Hi, Rory. Mm, what up? Uh, we have. Well. You know what's going on. Let's get rid of the artifice here. It's an it's a sponsor, and you're going to tell us about it, right? Sure. So, I I'm actually I'm I'm completely in the dark about this one. I'm really looking forward to you explaining to us uh, all about our newest sponsor, Suckables. All right, everybody, take a take a knee because it's time it's time to get serious for a minute. Because week after week, we we our our podcast uh, has sort of cultivated something of a something of a lightning rod for silly silly advertisers they know that they're <laughs> they know what they're selling is is goofy they they know why they picked us to to hawk it to our masses um, but this week this week is a somber one as i tell everybody about suckables it's a somber week for suckables there is uh <laughs> there has been something of a I guess you could say, um, 
well, what I call it is a is a tragedy. It's a great tragedy. The great American a tragedy, tragedy in the Suckables community. The Suckables community. Uh, <laughs> but you guys need to know if you're out there, if you're out there doing Suckables, using Suckables, whatever you know, whatever you do in the privacy of your own home is is allowed and is. Look, we're not here. We're not here to kink shame anybody. No. But you should know that if you're partaking in Suckables, your lips might fall off. Oh no. They might just fall right off because what's happening is the suckables are sucking back. <laughs> I'm sorry, and, I shouldn't be laughing. This is really upsetting. No, it's it's not good. And people think that they're just having, you know, a casual Friday night. You know, me and my me and my uh, me and my pal, my pal from the internet are gonna hang out. And <laughs> sure. We're gonna do suckables and. <laughs> Suckables are taking your lips off. They're coming right <laughs> off. Oh God! Like uh, like a pair of lip dentures just popping right out. It's 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 for sure something you need to be aware of. Uh, we don't know exactly how long this issue will remain. Uh, if you're not familiar with suckables, uh, I might recommend you just keep it that way for the time being and let those yeah. in the know. Uh, you know, you'll spot them. You'll t- the telltale. The, the telltale look of a man a or woman ghoul? <laughs> has has been has been ravaged by a night of of um, unwise suckabling. Now, okay, I've got a question, Rory. Um, in the movie Batman and Robin, Robin wears rubber lips because they're immune to poison ivy's charms. Would rubber lips help uh, safely enjoy suckables? I suppose uh, it would somewhat damper the the reason you're there to begin with. Ah, uh, uh, sure, sure. Yeah, but yeah. Not, I guess like you if, can't if feel you, it. Like you can't you, feel yeah, it. Quite if you want to yeah. put a plastic face over your face for the suckables <laughs> to to wreck, then that would be effective. Although it's just a lot of it's a lot of Rube Goldberging a uh, a problem that has a more obvious solution, which is you know throw away your suckables. Oof. Responsibly. Responsibly. In the correct, like, you know, the correct They'll be back. They'll be back. You'll you'll be back. You'll be back to shoving your face in that tube in no time. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> Look, if you know, you no, know. Austin. No follow-ups. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting everybody know about that, Rory. I hope we've saved a few lips today. I sh- certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> be careful around your suckable. <laughs> Devoured by dark water. Only Ren, a young prince, can stop it by finding the lost 13 treasures of war. At his side is an unlikely but loyal crew of misfits. At his back, the evil pirate lord Blood, who will stop at nothing to get the treasures for himself. Alright, everybody, welcome back to the show. This one is near and dear to my heart, kind of. I barely remember the part of my heart that this is near and dear to, but we are watching the first episode of Pirates of Dark Water, which is called 
the quest. Uh, and I'll, I'll have more to say about this show in general. But first, go ahead and listen to this. Ren discovers that he is the son of a now deceased King Primus. He escapes Bloth with a new friend, Nidler, and they travel to a ship port. There, they befriend a pirate named Ioz and a runaway girl named Tula. <laughs> what the hell is that summary? It's just people's names. Yeah, that doesn't help at all. What's the dark water? What are the yeah, pirates? What is, what is the dark water? Why are there pirates? Why are there being pirates in the dark and the water? You guys, this show came out in 1991. I don't think that I watched it when it like literally came out like that year because I would have been three. But I definitely saw this in reruns when it would still have been on reruns. And I got to tell you. I may have mentioned this on the show before, but this may this may be my earliest memory of sadness. <laughs> I, I, let's, I, let's talk about that. Let's explore that a little I, bit. I realize that sounds absurd, but there's a kind of like empty, sad, hopeless, pointless feeling when a show that you love gets canceled and you'll never see the end. And, you, and, and you're too young to understand why or how this could have happened to you? Yes, yes. I I have, it is one of my earliest, like, school memories. Like, I have some other ones from, like, kindergarten or whatever, right? But, like, like one of my most solid memories of elementary school is of me just sort of, like, morosely wandering the playground at recess, just thinking about the fact that I had found out Pirates of Dark Water never got an ending. And going, wow. what the... What do I do with this information? <laughs> what do I do with the feelings that I've invested? Uh -huh, Where do they go? Uh -huh. Where does this go? And I, I, <laughs> I still don't know, but obviously I'm more equipped to handle that feeling as a 33-year-old adult. But the last well, time I saw this was at least 23 years ago, probably more like 25 years ago. And that's, that's crazy to me. Anyway, yeah. that's now, my story. Did you, learn, did you actually learn why it was canceled? Because I, I learned that recently. Talk and to me because I don't remember of, if I did. So it's kind of shitty because in a lot of ways it was canceled because it was too good. Um, did they go over budget? Well, no. So here's the reason. So this is this is from IMDb trivia. So take it with a grain of salt. But it says, sure, sure. Ooh, due salty. to the good ratings the show received, the producers of the show decided to extend the adventures by finding fewer treasures per season compared to first and second seasons while working on the third season. Phil Cartoons, their overseas animation studio, had some difficulties with animating the last four episodes of this show. This caused problems for Hanna-Barbera because the episodes were coming in late. This prevented the show from meeting the air dates. This led to the cancellation of the show in November 1992. The last four episodes were finished and aired six months later. By that time, most of the crew of the show were already in the middle of production of SWAT Cats, the Radical Squadron. Um, oh, no. And God. another uh, producer was already in the middle of producing Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Uh, due to the failing of meeting the air dates, Jane Barbera was replaced by Catherine Winder as executive in charge of production for later Hanna-Barbera shows like SWAT Cats. So wow. basically, it was so good. And they milked were it. loving it. They milked it and they wanted more episodes faster. And that led to a backup. And then they couldn't like meet deadlines that fucking sucks yeah that yeah. sucks major balls and i'm not gonna uh, look 
I know it. It this is 25 year old memories that this dug up watching this episode. I'm not going to go out on a limb and be like this show's fucking diehard champion and say it's amazing. I think it's got problems. Obviously, I think it's really interesting and it's clearly very ambitious, but I don't think it deserved that end. I don't think it deserved to get cut that early. And I I agree with my like seven year old self on that front. And I'm still kind of mad about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, and I, I had not seen this. I've heard about yeah, it for years. Yeah, no, so but... ex- excluding, so excluding the uh, the first season of Ninja Turtles, which was a sort of mini series passion project, this does seem like possibly the first American cartoon that tried to be good. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of feels that way. I mean, this was also coming out around the time that Batman TAS was coming out as well. Ninety one. I, think... I, I thought TAS was like ninety four. Am I crazy? Uh, it was still early 90s, but it was, I mean, I, the point is it was around this time when it feels like they could trust audiences with serialization. Like, yeah, they were starting like- it. And I want to point out a, a, a strong like Disney's Aladdin vibe a year before Disney's Aladdin came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it has like our main characters, like not really white. And no, he's, he's got he's got the darkest of, skin tone on the show. He's got the darkest skin tone on the show. He's got Studio Ghibli fucking hair and uh-huh. he's hot. And like there's this fun cast of also not white people. The The villain is the, he's got the lightest skin on the show and he's voiced by a black guy. What's going on with this show, man? 1991. Well, and the animation feels at times it feels like incredibly shitty, like CDI Zelda shitty. And then it will jump to these like crazy feature quality rotoscoped, <laughs> yeah. like wildly good animation with like watercolor backgrounds. And like it, it mostly, I would say mostly the animation looks really good. Yeah. In, until it doesn't, but mostly it's really <laughs> impressive and it feels, it just feels like something different that did not exist that it didn't have contemporaries, you know, like especially that rotoscoped animation quality, like the the movements, the gestures are like yeah. super fluid, almost almost like what we saw in Vitor, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. Like the the, the 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 yes, but better than Vitor. Uh, the the last thing I'll say about it being canceled, right? Because I I don't want to I don't want to like focus on that part of it. Yes, this show doesn't have a canon ending, which sucks. But I re- I vividly remember seeing this and I had forgotten about it until I read this Wikipedia article, but I'm going to read you this paragraph. Uh, this show was parodied in one of a series of early interstitials on Cartoon Network. These commercials featured a viewer's question and Cartoon Network's comical take on the answer. In Pirates of Dark Water's case, it was on the unaired episodes. Cartoon Network claimed to have the episodes on tape and promised to air them, instead showing footage of a kitten lapping milk. Suggesting that someone taped over the only copy of what would have been the Those non-existent bastards. episodes. And that's just a shitty thing to do when Did you're already scarred. Did this show air on Cartoon Network the whole time? No, it was. A, it, I think it was a, a Fox Kids and then it moved to Cartoon sense. Network yeah, later for, for reruns. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's just such a shitty joke. I'm still yeah. salty about it. Fuck you, Cartoon I, Network. Speaking, speaking of shitty jokes, I have one last thing to say about the production of this show is that the... Executive producer David Kirshner, ah uh, yes, uh, also at this time, at when the show was coming out, was also working on a little show called Fish Bullies. <laughs> <laughs> Credit where credits due. He also created American Tale and Fievel Shit. Uh, sure. 
he's credited for the story of Hocus Pocus. He's produced yeah. every Chucky movie, all the Child's Play movies. He's got a weird career, but yeah. And we haven't police. read the Fish Police comic. For all we know, it comes from a <laughs> greater <laughs> stock than the end product. Sure. Also, um, Hector Elizondo, who was uh, uh, the Ayaz, Ayaz was also Calamari from Fish Police. So, Oh, man. It just keeps coming back, doesn't it? It It just just keeps keeps fucking coming back to fish police. And that's bad. Um, And that's bad. (laughs) 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 Okay, let's 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 get into this show. Yeah, yeah. There's not I mean, there's not a a fuck ton to talk about, but like it's a really bizarre it's a really bizarre kind of world that they're trying to create. And I can't tell whether or not they're it it feels like they're like, look, this is a this is a like sci-fi fantasy planet with a whole bunch of weird shit going on. We're not going to explain all of it, but here's a bunch of weird stuff. And it's almost like they're trying to show how hard they're working at making it weird. Mm-hmm. Um, looking looking back at it, I, I thought that maybe they were trying to ride some. Well, I, I hesitate to say hype, but uh, sort of piggyback on Waterworld. But Waterworld is, has not come out at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Oh. And, and and while this show is not, it has not demonstrated that the world is all ocean, you kind of get that vibe a little bit that we're on this right. sort of like right. large ocean planet. Well, with- and speaking of vibe, I think they make a really great world building choice in the first like three seconds of the show to really kind of tell you everything you need to know about this world is that it starts where we follow a dragon flying through the, through the air and then that dragon immediately gets chomped gets eaten whole <laughs> by a sea monster and yeah. the sea monster goes under back under the sea. So immediately it's just like, look, this, this show has dragons in it. It also has real big sea monsters. And the real threat is the ocean. Yeah. And yeah. We, yeah. we get that great. without words, without like, that's just really good storytelling. That's really well, good. Like setting up the world. And I don't remember. I mean, uh, d- correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember everything that's set up in the, in the, in the, the voiceover and the theme song, but, to my knowledge, there's been no explanation for the dark water yet in episode one. Uh, no. and, I didn't and, get that the dark water was anything different or special, particularly in this episode. I assumed it was just what they called the deep sea. Is that right? Deeply incorrect. So it's deeply incorrect, but it's like I I don't know that they're literally sailing in dark water right now. I think they're just in water. But like the 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 issue is and what i find interesting is that they did not drop this in episode 1 we didn't even deal with it in episode 1 is that there's like the the sort of ur villain of this show is like a nasty almost like demon type figure sure like who, a like a dark poseidon yeah like a dark poseidon who is covering this planet in dark water and it's like nasty sludge gross summoning evil. dark poseidon sorry it feels like a yu-gi-oh, <laughs> like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. card yeah yeah but it's like there's this nasty evil water covering the normal water of this planet. And it's uh, and it's coming from a bad guy. And I like that that bad guy is not the actual bad guy of the show. The actual bad guy of the show is this opportunistic pirate named Bloth. And I I, I don't know. I, I really appreciate that. Which I, really I always like. It. I always I'm always intrigued by shows that try to go for two villains off the bat. It's almost always more interesting. There's so much more to so much more to pit against everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. But they also they also aren't trying to jam it all into the first 20. Well, that minutes, too. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is also great. Like we get we get a really sort of straightforward plot, but we also kind of get every piece of information when it's important, like 
mm-hmm. right one after the other. Like we are not overstuffed. I did not. The only time I felt a little uh, like they could have done better on the world building is where we learned that there's like a guy named Alamar in the Abbey of Galgavar. If you know all this, then you must know where I can find the one called Alamar. The one you seek dwells within the Abbey of Galgavar. And I'm like, okay. G- <laughs> <laughs> if it's going to be in the same sense, you got to switch it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I appreciate a lot of this. Uh, but di- am I the only one? Probably not. Who got severe Star Wars vibes from this setup and these characters? Um, Only in retrospect. Now, only now that you mention it. I mean, honestly, I was thinking more... Our main guy more... has Luke vibes, right? He doesn't That's know true. his true lineage. He's off in the middle of nowhere. A strange old man washes up and tells him, I'm your dad and this is your secret destiny and sends him off on a journey. Later, there's this sequence where like, they need to get tr- like transport. And so he goes and essentially attracts a Han Solo type in a cantina yeah, he, to he, come he, over. He, yeah. yeah, okay. Like, I'm just, yeah, with a, I'm just saying, there's a lot of DNA With a, a weird creature, weird yes. sort of monster creature that, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. I it, Yeah, I didn't, honestly, I felt more like Sinbad, like Tales of Sinbad sort of mm-hmm. vibe when I was watching it. But in the Star Wars connection, I can see. Um, yeah. The, the actual intro happens where this old man washes up the lighthouse. What? He played knickknack on my shoe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does. No, he dies. Actually. Um, (laughs) He plays knickknack. He dies. Actually. He plays (laughs) knickknack on the rocks in front of the lighthouse. um, And with his dying breath uh, tells Ren who works at this lighthouse and has like an oil pouch and does lighthouse stuff with oil and fire. (laughs) Um, Tells Ren, hey, I don't know you. You don't know me, but I'm I'm your dad. I'm your dad. And there's I'm Primus. A I'm the band Primus. I'm also the king. <laughs> I'm the king. <laughs> I'm the band Primus. You're my son. And you got to go do some stuff. And here's a hologram w- of what this city could look like if it was dope. Look to Octopon. I see the city reborn. No. You see your destiny. Only you can bring our city Back to its former glory. Okay, so so he brings up Octopon, like yeah, it's something the, the we already know about. Yeah, the city of Octopon. <laughs> and then everybody for the rest of the show talks about Octopon as if it's like a cool thing we all know about and and find <laughs> important. And I feel like I missed a step. There is, it's not explained very well. Ren lives in the city of Octopon, but what we're what what you have to kind of like put two and two together on in this show is that this is a world severely in decline because of the dark water spreading across the the earth and octopon perhaps once was a great city and now it's like podunk or whatever uh it's it's like a a shadow of its former glory and the only way to fix it the only way to drive back the dark water the only way to fix everything is to find these 13 treasures of rule you seem and... to have retained more than you thought over these last 25 years. <laughs> baby, baby, a lot came flying back. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's kind of the vibe, right? Is that he's like, look, I'm a king. We're of a long line of people who lived here in this amazing city called Octopon, but it sucks right now. You need to restore it. Um, And I, I don't know. It, it's It's kind of fun. It's a little bit annoying that, you know, Ren is... So like capable and hot, but he's just raised by lighthouse people. 
Uh, <laughs> but I like that they commit to him being a lighthouse person as like a character trait and a skill set <laughs> that like his sort of, you know, special abilities relate to sort of like being somebody who knows how lighthouses work. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his trusty oil flask and, and spark igniter. And well, it's like know, playing it's... D&D when you're like, hmm. Can the fact that I know how lighthouses work be the reason that I kill All these right. monsters? Roll with advantage. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, wow, okay, you kill a giant serpent monster with, like, your lamp oil or some shit. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I, fe- I felt watching this show, like, I really enjoyed it, but, like, Every few minutes, it was like they were throwing another new fantasy idea at me that they thought was yeah, really cool. The The first episode was so inundated in um, in nonsense, but in an interesting way, it's it's kind of story nonsense. It, it's it's stuff mm-hmm. that I that I expect will be relevant in future episodes. But this first episode, they jammed so much into it I, uh, in a way that feels like maybe an expression of how sometimes the theme song is that for shows. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. This, this first episode is really setting so much groundwork as to be I don't want to call it incomprehensible uh because it is you can you can follow the action but there's so many uh loose threads that are that are uh, presented to you that I I almost feel like weighing in on what we saw this first episode does the show a potential disservice. I I, yeah. I would I would really like to see a second episode before I really give my full Sure. Thoughts. Sure. Yeah, because they really are kind of shepherding Ren through the first two thirds of the hero's journey to sort of like Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The the father died. Great. Here's a piece of a sword. Uh. Great. Oh, you're actually uh you're a prince or whatever. Now you gotta find mm-hmm. uh Alamar at the Abbey of Galgavar. You gotta go do it. Um, <laughs> oh, and Alamar's okay, and like a Alamar, big dragon. He's kind of a he's kind of a threshold guardian. But, but he's you don't have bro, to do anything. He's, he's just die. really nice. He's a bro. Right. Uh. He he belches some fire onto a wall, and you read some riddles or some shit, and then he dies immediately. I guess from falling over and getting Gulliver's traveled, like he doesn't like having ropes on him and he dies. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But as long as Ren gets the prophecy, he gets the thing. He knows the thir- he knows that there are 13 treasures. He's got his animal companion. He's got his sword fragment. He's ready to go. It's yeah. like, you know, they are, they're getting all of the stupid shit out of the way in episode one. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we still enjoyed it. I did. I mean, it, yeah. It, yeah. it was. I mean, I enjoyed it as as sort of cartoon nonsense. It's something that you kind of just allow to wash over you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I I mostly am intrigued to get a second episode in. Like that was what mm-hmm. it really titillated out of me. Was like I would like to see another episode of this show. Yeah, I want proof of concept now. Yeah, yeah. Because there's there's fun little bits that they have, right? So like I'll. I'll I'll run a couple details down, right? So we have Ren, like character-wise. We've got Ren. Uh, we've got this this monkey bird, uh, which initially seems like he's the friend of the bad guy pirate, and then he turns coat and joins, yeah, joins he's Ren. Yeah, he's an iago character. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that he... It, because he's this sort of animal uh, that is mistreated by the pirates, but because he's sentient, he was like... At the first sign of just being able to bounce, he just did. He's like, oh, yeah, right. right. Well, you remember that I've got wings in and a brain, record right? time. Later, guys. <laughs> he, he, he dinobots in record time, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Also, he's I, uh, he's his name's Nidler, and he's voiced by Frank Welker, who also voiced Nibbler in Futurama. <laughs> and um, I don't think there's a connection. I just wanted to say Nibbler. I owe you my life, Nidler. You have my deepest thanks. Keep your thanks. I only saved you on the chance you could find me some food. But there's no time for that. The future of Octopon rests in my hands. Funny. My grip seems to be getting weaker. All right, all right. I know where we can find some food. It's called the Abbey of Galdabar. Galdabar? Hmm. That doesn't sound very appetizing. You know, it, it, there's, a, there's a funny moment when they go to the, the Mos Eisley uh, location. Mm-hmm. Um, because Ren is potentially this sort of famous prince heir to the entire planet. Um, and, and they're laying low. They're laying low. Now, on one hand... Niddler is a very recognizable monkey bird, unless there's a yes. lot of monkey birds. Uh, they're both so they're both using these sort of like big cloaks. But the idea that this sort of like pet character thinks he's as important as the prince and needs to hide his identity—I don't know—it it, it it tickled me. And this and this sounds like I'm reading between the lines, and maybe I am. But when I was watching it, it was immediately apparent that this sort of like goofy sidekick character is laying as low as this sort of secret prince. He's wearing yeah. a person robe like he's people. It, like he's people. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, so we got those two. The bad guy's name is Bloth. He's a very large sort of corpulent evil pirate. Um, I like his vibe. Uh, he's he's I definitely... I like that he has a constrictor pit on his boat. And yeah. he likes to throw people in it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually it's uh, that surprised me very early on because the old man, you know, the the king uh escaped from the, from his boat and when we cut over to Bloth, we see him like holding this small man up by the by the, like his fucking neck or whatever and the guy's like it was your charge and you allowed him to escape. Bloth, most majesty, for 17 years I've guarded him and never a mistake. I took my eye off him for but a moment. And a moment is all you've left to live. No! No! Eat well, my pet! And he fucking kills him. And yeah, it's the not show the has first party he kills. Boats, boats sort of notoriously have a very good existing, you know, death sentence, which is yes. just <laughs> Chucky in the ocean. But I like that he's built... He's built a snake pit in his in his boat. Right, he's got he's he's Jabba, and he has a sarlacc or not the sarlacc, the uh, the rancor rancor yes. pit right yeah. on his yep. boat. You know, he's sort of a roving Jabba's palace because this boat is fucking big. It's a, it's a big, big boat. bone boat, big bone boat. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I like him. I like that he's got the the real threat of death behind him, uh, which is again rare for a '90s cartoon. Um. And he definitely wants these treasures, and he's really fucking serious about that. Uh, yeah. We then meet. We've got the other guy. There, there's two other characters that are important. There's uh, what's his name? I I I I O I O Z I O Z who is definitely the sort of you know scoundrel Han Solo type, but a little bit extra on just the misogyny. In the, just in it for the money, uh, you know, kind of misogynistic, and uh, you know doesn't need, you know ladies or anything he just needs cold hard cash right he'll probably turn uh good yeah i'm sure he'll be very nice later and then we've got uh tula who is the sort of barmaid that's serving them and she when they leave she stows away on their ship and ends up traveling with them because she's just sick of her day-to-day life and wants to go adventuring 
which is a a little bit of a a weak motivation for me. But, you know, it's she's fun. She seems fun. And it's one of those things where it's like, uh, to be honest, uh, neither Niddler or the the sort of rogue pirate got a um, an A level entrance. Right. And with how with with it, it, it is it is unsurprising that uh, the woman character got the most unceremonious entrance. Um, but that being said, this this show is already so jam-packed with lore and world-building, and none of these characters really have that much motivation for joining this pirate crew. Um, and by the time the fourth person joins the crew, I didn't need any backstory. It was like, yeah, right. it's fine. That's yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah cool. just get in here. Come on. Um, <laughs> fun fact, Tula is also voiced by Jody Benson, who was Ariel in The Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah, Ariel. I wanted to get away from the drudgery of life on land. Oh, and now a woman aboard. And it looks like I picked the right ship. I'm Tula. And she's like two years hot off of Little Mermaid hype and is, uh, you know, while she's yeah. still a, a household name, is uh, also doing other sea-related, <laughs> other, <laughs> other other ocean characters, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's, our, that's our cast, at least uh, for now. And... You know they they're they're off on this stolen ship. That was a kind of a funny moment where Ayaz is like, "Yeah, let's go." And then as they leave, there's like people like, Thieves! "Stop them! Stop them! They're getting away! They're stealing my boat!" Casting off. Red, take the wheel. Ayaz, what's this all about? You'd think we stole this boat. We did. What? Wait. Steer for open water. <laughs> and then they just sail away. Uh, yeah. And you know. At the end of this episode, they get the first treasure of rule, which sets a precedent they just do not follow up on of like, oh, every is going to be like 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo, right? We're just going to get a new ghost every week. And I was going to say pandemonium, but. Mm, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, but it's not like that. I think that <laughs> as, we, as we've discussed, as we've discussed, the pace slows down and no uh-huh. one makes no one forms a flesh Voltron in this one. Well, no. But they do have acid squids, which I would like to talk about very briefly. Ah, that was a fun bit of world building, wasn't it? Yeah. So, okay. So there are a few different things in this show that just struck me as really cool design that felt like they were one-off bits, you know? Like they mm-hmm. just kind sort of casually have a bunch of really good ideas. I like a show that feels like they're just sort of ca- casually throwing out great ideas and not really worrying <laughs> about, like, bragging about them. Yeah. Um where when Ren is initially brought to uh fucking Bloth, I can never remember that name. When he's brought to Bloth's ship and he's escaping, doing some really cool swashbuckling moves with like running up the mast and cutting ropes and being very sort of Errol Flynn about the whole thing. Um, they bring the mast down where he's hiding at the top of by throwing squids that stick to the wood and then they use acid to burn the the wood away yeah he's just got like a like a weird container of caustic squids that are just like oh for just such an occasion (laughs) right right to destroy his own boat Um, yeah which but it's fun it's fun and then also there's a moment so they they do this sort of tense escape of of bloss giant boat and they launch these like airplanes off of the boat and they're these yeah. like glider there's like glider boats that have it's, yeah their sails are like the gliders yeah and then they land and sort of transform back into regular boats it's fucking and cool it's just cool it's like a 
fucking cool shit um, that wasn't mentioned. It was just kind of thrown out the very end of the episode of like, yeah, yeah. If you want to learn more about those. Stay tuned, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And um, the fucking uh, the 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 they don't even nobody even mentions how weird it is that when they're going to the first treasure of rule, there's like this almost like elevated river with waterfalls on either side with uh -huh. like weird rocks jutting up like like it's an impossible sort of fantasy ge like geology right. uh, that is really fun. And it, and, you know, they go down that waterfall at some point, like they use it and. I don't know. There's some interesting ideas. It's a crazy show. Yeah, Again, there's a two-second uh, cutaway to dragon riders that never mm, uh, come back yep. in this nope. moment. Maybe soon. Maybe one day. Maybe soon. Uh, shit's shit's cool. I mean, it's yeah. really cool. It's 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 unique. Uh, I was very drawn to it. I think it's fun. Ideas shine through past the other stuff. Uh, yeah. In in a way in a way that that you know. A, a totally different way, but just as effective as Saber Rider at making me excited <laughs> for next week. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that again. Uh, let's go to a wrap up. Well, boys, I'm looking at my brand new calendar and it oh, says who's on we it? are. It says that we better buckle up for a couple weeks of fun shows. It says it right there in the handwriting that is mine. Yeah, you wrote it. I did. We, yeah. We watched we watched you do it. And then you you also drew some you also drew a mustache on the personal trainer above on the in the photo. Right. And, uh, right. It's very yeah. very very fun Austin, very fun with the way you do that. Um I'm I'm really jazzed i'm really excited i think that we were a, a, a little unsure how this pairing would go but boy these are two different flavors that feel good when they hit my tongue yeah when it slaps it slaps i agree i agree and i think we are we smartly picked whether we knew it or not two shows that kind of radically change from episode to episode uh that you know, will not really be us covering the same same shit every week. So yeah, yeah. So that'll be fun. Uh, and welcome, welcome back. I know we we were on sort of a, a an irregular release schedule for the uh, for the latter half of of the year, but it's because we were putting out three podcasts we were, a week. We we're doing podcasts. We we're doing a lot of podcasts. I hope you caught I've Read Dune with Roy Boy. If you didn't so catch good. I've Read Dune. It's all done. You can you can marathon our podcast and have read Dune without having to read Dune. It's it's a pretty miraculous thing that we pulled off. Which yeah. I personally, while perhaps uh, this may be a, a shock, don't recommend. But uh, <laughs> should you choose not to read Dune, at my at my deep despair, you you can you can settle for second best. Yeah, which we always do. <laughs> Every you day can settle for lives. second best and watch the movie, or you can settle for third best with our podcast. <laughs> our, our podcast, I think, is better than the movie for the for Ooh. the for for the quality. If if your end goal is to have Red Dune, the movie is not an appropriate facsimile. Yeah. Yep. No, you I'll agree with that. Some of half the book <laughs> without the without the water pirate. Without the water pirate, without the, without the hilarious water pirate, the sex, the sexy, uh, the sexy pirate, 
uh, yeah. Dinner Pirate. <laughs> Jessica's <laughs> Dinner Pirate. Jessica's Dinner Pirate. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So th- while we're also just sort of bumping other stuff, we we have our Patreon as well. Yes. That you should definitely check out in this new year, in this new year of 2022. Uh, we want to really sort of get some, get some new fun content because Dune was our like big Patreon thing for the back half of last year. Um, so we want to be, uh, you know, delivering fun stuff for Patreon. And that means only Patreon. So you got to be there to experience it. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. I think we got a lot of weird ideas that we're, we're floating around. And uh, and the five dollar tier is that sweet spot to go get that extra audio content. But there's other stuff you should go te- go check it out. Uh, our buddy Shane draws postcards, and you can maybe get a postcard uh, with with custom art on it, which is always fun. New art every month. Yeah. Uh, lots of lots of things. Go check us out and support us. We love you, and we know that you love us because you're here. And and if you love us with your wallet. <laughs> There's a way to love fix us with the... your tongue. <laughs> love us. <laughs> love us with your tongue is a really spicy thing to say to the listeners. Oh, well, we, you know, we go in your ears. We go in your ears. Because <laughs> we're a podcast. <laughs> we're the little men that live in your ears. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> we'll see you next Tuesday. Oh, <laughs>